0: Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Hey everyone, welcome to Little Oak Weekly. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Today's guest is just an absolute pleasure to speak with, Jen Schatz. Uh, Many of you know Jen because she's a prominent agent in the industry and has a significant online uh, social media presence and following. And that's what we spend a lot of time uh, discussing today. We get into all the nitty gritty, the mental side of uh, social media, um, how Jen approaches it, how she thinks about it, how she plans for it, how she wrestles it uh, in her life with work-life balance and all of those things. Uh, we just, it's a lot of uh, philosophical conversation around some really uh, interesting and pertinent topics, um, all surrounding social media, and then a few other topics as well. So I um, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Jen is a really uh, intricate, detailed thinker. She puts a lot of thought into everything she does, and uh, that really comes through in, in this conversation. So I know you will enjoy it uh, as you listen to Jen shots.
1: Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Hello. Hello. wonderful. How are you? I'm really good, thank you.
0: I just finished a uh, one of those like totally uncontrollable sneezing fits. Oh, so, awesome. So if I sound <laughs> like a little congested or a little a off, little stuffy. That's, that's what's okay. uh, that's what's happening here. So
1: that's the deal. Okay, sounds yeah. good. I'll watch out for it for sure. Yeah. Are you allergic to anything? I am. am I allergic to anything. No. Sleep these days. That's
0: about it. Say like, oh, no, that again? Not really. Allergic to what? Sleep. It feels sleep. like lately, but <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you told me you're like, you're a night owl. Isn't that what you said? Yes, I am a night owl. I am usually, I like to be up to like, if I could make it to like 1230-ish, because then I get some time to myself. Okay. But yes, I am. I am. I've always been a night owl. I can do mornings and I'm fine, but, uh, I prefer, is that prefer because like,
0: night. are the younger people in your house awake till 11? Is that why it is like, you only get yes. quiet time after a certain, <sighs> I'm, I, I'm realizing that with my yeah. own teenage daughter staying up till all hours of the morning of the night.
1: Oh yeah. Or they have naps from like seven till nine at night or something. And then they're <laughs> up until two o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I, I really, really like that time. I have like shows that I like to watch of my own. I've always been like a big TV person. So I like to stay up and I knit. So I like, yeah, I just like quiet time to myself for sure. Okay. So what are you, what,
0: tell me some binge worthy TV that you've been into lately. Cause I also, I love a good show and I've had a couple of good ones lately, but I want to hear what you're doing.
1: Okay. So what I did, I'm just going to sound really like chick flickish of me lately, but I've been, was big into Emily in Paris. And then I was big into. I also love Star Wars, so I've been watching Boba Fett. Oh, which is Boba, really nerdy. Boba Fett! Boba mm-hmm. Fett, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so good. So you probably yeah. you probably watched Mandalorian, right? Yes, I love the Mandalorian better, but I love Boba Fett. So I've always. I had two brothers growing up; they were big into Star Wars, and so I've always been a bit of a Star Wars junkie. Probably more than my kids are, actually. So, so, so. have you finished Boba Fett? No, I think I'm missing the last episode. So that came out, like, on Friday. So, I haven't seen
0: it yet. But then you've, all, you've obviously seen Mando come back into the Boba Fett series.
1: Yes, yes, I did
0: see that. Which is, yes, I, that I found awesome. Boba Fett got better as it went on. And it's probably because Mandalorian yeah. becomes a part of it.
1: Yes, the actual Boba Fett actor wasn't as good. But I liked the Mandalorian guy, and he was in Narcos, which is another favorite show of mine. So I got big into that one this summer, too. Oh, right,
0: he was in Narcos. I never yeah. finished that, but you're right. That is the same yeah. guy.
1: So I have like a big range. Like I'll watch like Emily in Paris and call the midwife. And then I'll watch like really like dark kind of stuff. Like I like Peaky Blinders a lot. So mm-hmm. I just like a good series. Yeah. I really love, I love a good show. I just find that's the way I can shut my mind down. And
0: and you'll yeah, do that and, late at night. And that's what puts you to sleep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Eventually I fall asleep. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never like my whole life. I've probably always got between five to six hours of sleep. Really? Okay,
0: and you're yes. good with that. Like, that's not. So you're wait. You're popping up out of bed at like
1: six o'clock or something. I'm pop. I wouldn't say I'm popping up ever. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> that's amazing. It's <laughs> not really a pop up. It's more of a rollout. <laughs> it's a roll. It's a slow roll. Like nobody talks to me, and like my daughter is like such a morning person. She's up at five every day, and she's done a workout, and she's ready to go. And I'm just like, I'm not the. Mo- I'm the mom who like. I remember I, I worked for a woman. And she's like. Jen, we're not morning people. Like it's okay to take your kids to school in their in your pajamas. So, oh, I've driven. I've
0: driven the kids to school and all kinds of things. Like that's yeah, that's like, just it is what it is. I'm in my car and everybody can piss off. That's just
1: as long as they get there. Yeah, yeah.
0: totally. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Are you? I see you as a tea. Are you tea drinker? No. Your coffee. Oh, my gosh. oh I drink I like. Why I think of huh? you as tea, I don't know. I think of you drinking tea in the morning, but.
1: Yeah, no, not super tea. I do tea like late at night if I like need some help kind of falling asleep. But uh, I tried to get into tea this summer and I go through space. But I love coffee. Like I drink probably four cups of coffee a day. Mm, okay. Which isn't that much. But yeah, I love coffee. I would never, it's, I look forward to it. My favorite thing, part of my morning <laughs> for sure. I have a, uh, so I have a show recommendation
0: and it, maybe it's not new to okay. you. Okay.
1: No, but what is it? I
0: finished recently uh, the series called Hannah.
1: Oh, yes. The blonde girl, I think, right? Did is you? That yeah.
0: Have you seen that?
1: Yeah. Because yeah, I really liked her dad. I think Joel the dad Joel actually, Kinnaman that, is the dad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was so good in that. He's been in a few other things that I really liked, but oh, I really. Did you watch yeah. The Killing with him? I, maybe that was it. I feel like that was it. He was that in was The
0: movie, Killing right? with him. that same. Um. So the lady that's in Hannah, I, I'll mispronounce her name. It's like Muriel Enos or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. yeah. So her, her and Joel Kinnaman did The Killing and The Killing probably came out like, I want to say six, seven, eight years ago. There's a few oh, seasons. It's okay. probably my favorite show of all time. Like quite the literally. Yeah. It was oh. on Netflix. I think it was two or three seasons. It, it was, yeah, it's my favorite. It's the thing that favorite. I was okay, most into ever. Okay. You loved it and it's still on Netflix. It was pretty dark. So, you know, if you like dark like, mystery like dark. kind of stuff, Yeah, the acting yeah. was amazing. So then these two who were amazing in the killing together, uh, are in Hannah together. And oh. I don't know, I never actually looked, it could be the same directors and producers. Like it's kind of got some similar vibe same to it. Oh. Um, uh, but Hannah was made into a movie and I never knew it as a movie. I just got into it as the show. And the premise is really good. It was three seasons, and I think it's done now, uh, but okay. i I watched three seasons in probably I'm gonna say two two weeks. I yeah've been... Oh, yeah. yeah. like I was watching you know, three episodes a night kind of thing, you know, yeah, whatever. just I
1: love that.
0: You know, just totally disgusting. like lying in bed, potato chips sitting on yeah. my chest. <laughs> you know there's crumbs everywhere. You wake up in the morning, it's like, who, who what who what happened? I? Yeah. Yeah, just am I
1: this person?
0: Greasy actually? hair yeah. and yeah, just oh, yeah, yeah, Super but it was awesome. It was awesome. And then, and then I I just started, I know this one's been out for a while, but uh, I just started Succession. Succession,
1: okay, I'm having it. So, everybody's like, Jen, you will love Succession, that's your type of show. And I never watched Suits either. So, those two shows, for some reason, everybody you I know never watched Suits. No, I never watched Suits, and everybody's like, You I, like that's what they say to me all the time. Oh, like. like it seems it would be like it would be my show but i've never seen
0: it i had a phase in life where like i believed that i was, <laughs> that was Harvey. harvey's spectre yeah like <laughs> like it was like like Hope i'm not joking and beef. and there's people that know this like i even like i got a vanity plate on my car that said spectre oh my god like, i was in love not. oh i totally did 100 percent. i did it i Oh my I gosh. I thought I like her. and it was it was a joke you know whatever I mean but kind of serious maybe I thought you know kind of like, maybe kind of awesome. maybe and I was just in love with the show I was in love with the character and um yeah that's fantastic I, I I loved it I I think I dumped I dumped the plate like maybe five years ago or something but, that's probably wise yeah it's probably a good yeah, <laughs> yeah I, had to, I had to grow Somebody up injured. but I but I had <laughs> yeah. it I had the plate for like four or five years like the entire time yeah. I was watching
1: that show I had that plate. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. It's better than watching Seinfeld and having the ass man slate. Right? Way better yeah, than that. Yeah, so, true. So that's true. right. So, I mean, if you had to pick one over the other, that's the way I'd go. Did you ever watch the morning show on Apple? No. No, I don't know what that, that is. Oh, what? That was all about like um, Reese Witherspoon and like the whole Me Too movement stuff like that with Steve Carell. It was really enter, Jennifer Aniston. Steve it was really Carell was in it? Yeah, so he played, it's like, I always loved Matt Lauer from the Today Show and watched that show forever. Like okay. Ever. I yep. loved, love, loved him. And then, of course, he kind of fell from grace and all of that, right? Sure. So yeah.
0: Everybody so anyway, does. Everybody, everybody falls from yeah. grace at some
1: point. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're He's around like, long ball.
0: enough, eventually you get canceled.
1: Yeah, pretty much. These days, that's, uh, that's always my thing to my kids. I don't like that uh, side of society these days, but uh, that definitely happened to him. So, anyways, good show, too. Okay,
0: well, that's good. we got yeah. some, uh, some, good, some good recommendations on shows. Yeah.
1: Broadchurch is another
0: favorite. You would love Broadchurch. That's one Where, of my favorite. What is that streaming on? Oh,
1: we haven't seen that. That's on Netflix. It's really good. What's it about? So it is a mystery that takes place in um, England, but it's got, I'm going to forget his name. He played, anyway, he's a famous British actor. I'm looking it up um, on my
0: phone right now as you're talking. So I'm Oh, what's out.
1: his name? He played Doctor Who at some point. David something. Who? yeah. Broad... Oh, I can go down like a whole rabbit hole of Broadchurch. Here it is, with Olivia hmm. Coleman, who played the queen in The hmm. Crown. Yeah. Anyway, it's a really good one. That's a really good show. Okay, and it's like kind yeah. of like a mystery or whatever. Yeah. David uh, David Tennant. David Tennant. he's awesome. Okay. Really awesome. And he a boy goes missing, and then it's basically like I like a good murder mystery podcast or T V show and, I, and it's really I've good. literally just added
0: it to my
1: okay, must watch. I'll watch, the, I'll
0: watch the killing, you watch that. That's good. And, oh, and then we can we can come back on and do a review yes. show. You wanna do that? Yeah, be, <laughs> 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 yeah. People want to hear from us on that. We'll do maybe we can yeah. do like a review show once every month or something.
1: That'd be fantastic. Yes.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, but we can we can talk real estate. We don't have to talk uh Well we'll talk about whatever you want. There Sounds we go. My you. list. I've just added broad
1: church to my list. Okay. Yeah. Broad church is so good. That's a really, really good one. I've I've watched tons of, I watch a lot of TV. I shouldn't admit how much TV I watch.
0: Well, how much? Okay. So now that you admitted it, like, what do you think? How much a week?
1: I like to like wind down my day. And even if I'm working on my laptop or whatever and I'm like in front of the TV, like I probably turn on my TV at like around nine ish and then I'll like binge something for a few hours for sure every night. So you'll have it on the the back in
0: the background for a few hours every night.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm watching, her. I like to like that's like a treat to myself. Like, I think one day last week I lied there and watched like on the couch and watched Two Call the Midwife. I love that show, and so I like it. That's kind of my veg, that and knitting. What Reading, do you? I find what do you knitting? That? I'm always knitting. I learned to knit about ten years ago, so I'm knitting. I'm finishing a baby sweater right now that I'm feeling really guilty about because I was supposed to finish it about six months ago. But is the baby like four now and it's not gonna fit? The it, baby's or? one. The <laughs> baby's one <laughs> and it doesn't work. But uh, knitting is something that really, um, I don't know, like hobbies are really important to me. I think it's the, I think balance and kind of career and life is a bit of a myth. And hobbies are kind of the only way to kind of create a bit of space for yourself. Right. So I think, I think well. balance is a fictional word. It is. I don't even like it. It irritates me when I go to a retreat or, I mean, with all due respect to those people, I get what they're striving for, but I, I don't think it exists at a certain level of, you know, success that you want to achieve. I just don't think it's possible. And I think that, you know, I'm real, I'm really honest with my kids about that. Right. Like when you're in it, you can't be like, okay, let's also go do this. You've got to, got to go for it. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so much pressure. if You're trying to create balance. Yeah.
0: It it's, it's an interesting, our relationship with time and how we view time. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm, I'm learning on this. I'm not, I, I, I would, I don't even want to try to explain it, but I'm I'm reading some books right now on this and one of the books I'm reading is called I'm gonna it's I wanna say it's forty thousand weeks, I think. Oh, okay. Or something yeah. like that. I'm just pulling it yeah. up. And huh. actually, it, yeah. it's the it's the um sorry, four thousand weeks, not forty thousand weeks. Okay. And 40. the author I, I'm not even through the book, so I can't begin to say that I've figured it out or You know, or that I even know, you know, his full philosophy. But Mm -hmm. uh, what I can say is that you know, it he's it it says four thousand weeks time management for mortals, and then Oliver Berkman is the author. And Oliver Berkman, I heard on a podcast, and when I heard him on the podcast talking about mankind's relationship to time, I was totally intrigued because you know this concept of like being more efficient with our time. Mm -hmm. He says is actually uh, it's, it's bogus because what happens is, is that the more efficient you get with your time, the more work piles onto you because as human beings, when we identify highly efficient or effective people, we, uh, whether it be consciously or subconsciously pour more responsibility onto them. So just imagine like a person who you think of as like a, top producing human, like yeah. not necessarily realtor, but anything like someone who's extremely amazing at, at life, yeah. we automatically will go to these people and lean on them more, ask them more questions, take them for yeah. coffee, just because we want to be around them. And then as it turns out, the more efficient you become with your time, the more work gets piled on you. And it's like this endless chicken and egg cycle. So you never actually meet the person in life who said, I became more efficient with my time. And then as a result, I got less busy. In fact, no. it's the opposite story. I became more efficient with my time. And as a result, I got more busy. So yeah. it's really, this book is fascinating. and It's blowing mm, up my, read my brain and I'm, yeah. I'm re I find it. I, what I'm doing is I'm rearranging my relationship with time and how I think about time. And, yeah. and that's why I said a few minutes earlier, I said, I think the idea of balance is, is yeah. bogus. I, like, I, I don't know that, you know, it's a, it's a moving target. And it's different for different people because everybody's yeah. everybody's different.
1: Yeah, I, I find like I had that. I'm. It's, it's so funny to say that because I have a good friend. He um, he's like a top CFO, same type of thing. And I I look at myself and I think sometimes, okay, like, and I have girl, you know, friends in the industry and stuff. And I'll say to them, you know, they like I have girlfriends who've done like 160, you know, deals last year in Vancouver in the real estate industry, sure. right? Yeah. And I was, I know someone who's done 300, and I just think like how can I be tired with my capacity and what I've done and how can they do that? And so I you're right. I sit with them. And that's what we discussed at dinner. It's like, how, how do you do that? Right? Like it just, but they, but it just blows my mind. Like we have the same 24 hours in a day. And how do you do that? And is that, is that a race that you can continue to run without collapsing? Right. I don't know. And maybe they can, it's amazing to me, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, Maybe they can, like maybe this, um, I I don't know what the right answer is. All I know is that the better you become at something, the more piles on, right? Like if you become great with people, then what happens is more people are going to reach out for help because they identify you as somebody who's great. Right. Yeah. And, And if an agent becomes extremely efficient and learns how to, uh, you know, fit in doing 70 transactions a year, chances are there's going to be another 20 that pile on because their capacity has grown. It, it's a very interesting, uh, what's the word, thought or or challenge to think, how can we become more efficient and yet not take on more so that we do in fact have extra time? And yeah. in, a, in a culture where if you're not constantly doing something and being productive, then you know, you're kind of lazy, right? Like that's, that's what, like, you know, I'm not saying I believe that, but I'm saying that is what is around us is that, you know, uh, if a person were to become so efficient that they could get amazing amounts of work done in five hours a day, would they actually sit around and and do nothing for the other seven or eight hours a day? I'm not so sure. And I'm not sure that that would feel rewarding either.
1: No, I, don't. I think at some point it just doesn't. But I do struggle with that all the time. I have a hard time sitting still. And then I think, well, yeah, if, if you can too max out those hours so that you're efficient, you can work more, do you, do you choose to work more or do you, do you choose to like, because this is a big chicken and egg, right? Like if, if an agent, to me, this is my observation, newer in the industry, right? If you just work all the time and then you have more clients and, and then you're working, do you become like... Are you still a person, like a magnetic person with hobbies and interests and, you know, things that you like to do that these people even want to be around? Do you have anything to discuss other than, than work, estate. right? Like yeah. Yeah. And so that's always a balance that's important to me. I feel like it's like I want to go kayaking. I want to knit. I want to watch a show because if all I have to talk about is real estate too, to me, that's not a, a person that is going to naturally attract new people around anything other than realistic, you become so linear focused, right? That mm-hmm. I think you, you need, that's the only way that you need to create some balances that you need to make sure that you, you know, stay a person with, with interest for sure. And an interesting person.
0: This industry, not just this industry, many industries, but I I can speak from, for this industry. Cause we're in it is yeah, it's super relational. If mm-hmm. you choose to make it relational, it isn't always relational for everybody, but if you choose to make yeah. it relational, it can be. And I think what you're saying, which I agree with, is that a lot of the people that choose to work with you work with you because you knit or because yeah. you kayak, not because you you do real estate. Yeah, like right? I'm, is that accurate? Yeah. That's your connection point. And so then if you don't have that, yeah. then you're going, well then why are, you know, now now you're just
1: linear. Yeah, well now now we all perform a very you know in any industry it's like a doctor lawyer whatever I mean everybody performs a, a similar function mm-hmm. right I mean in different levels of aptitude right but in our business you know I'm going to attract a certain clientele that is interested in the things that I'm interested in like like attracts like in our business right and and so that's the people that I'm not saying people that admit necessarily but people who yeah, we're just going to attract people who have interest beyond, beyond just real estate. Yeah, they want to know who we are, right? And if that drives us who they are, then, then it's a good connection, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if, if all we talk about is real estate, then any, anybody, I guess, can do that, right? It's kind of my philosophy and thought process behind everything that I've kind of done.
0: So along these lines of yeah. work-life, Well, whatever, I hate the word balance, but just whatever we're talking about, how would you describe your relationship with social media?
1: Yeah, I thought about this a lot because I think that it's no secret that I love social media. I spend a lot of time on social media. Um, So my, I was thinking about this a lot this morning, kind of why I have, I think, a really deep um, tolerance for it and I think an affection for it, as what I consider myself to be like a business owner. So I started in newspaper advertising when I was 20. Mm -hmm. And you know, back then I'd go to a small business owner, they'd pay like, back then they'd pay like $1,500 to $2,000 a full page in the Abbottford News or the Langley Times, right? 1,500 to
0: two, yeah, okay, I remember that. Like that, yeah, Yeah. that
1: made sense. Right, like in their heydays, heydays, like the newspaper was, that was where you advertised. So you could reach potentially, as long as that person opened the paper, you know, max, like let's say in Langley, it was like a circulation of 32000 at that time, which isn't even all of Langley. And so you paid considerably and you like, that's a huge budget for a small business, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was working with these small business owners and they're dumping a ton of budget and putting their whole business plan around this newspaper. Now, newspapers still... Um, you know, generate revenue and and I you know have good friends in that industry, and it has its place for sure. but when I started looking at social media and I was in um, a marketing capacity for a truck accessory company here in town, and then I did marketing for farm market, like mm-hmm. for us it, it just felt like it's free, number one mm mm-hmm. And it felt like I am a very relational person. The people that I worked for in both of those businesses were very relational as well. And they subscribed to the uh, marketing um, kind of philosophy of like a story brand or like a, which is like a Donald Miller. So it's like, there's a explain, whole story. Explain beyond. that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it kind of goes back to like the whole knitting kayaking thing and it, it's just become a, such a great part of my philosophy for marketing so for example like capit is a truck accessory industry here in town they sell truck caps and and was their marketing manager and and they sell everything that any other truck accessory play totally i bought my
0: i bought a tuli i bought there and all kinds of floor mats and whatever
1: yeah so great company but they perform a function just like a realtor that other stores can perform or that other you know agents can perform but the difference was is that the ceo and another marketer that I worked with, they really subscribed to the whole, like a story behind it, right? Like our huh. slogan was because life's an adventure and through catalogs and, and just online marketing and everything. It's not so much, you know, Thule a great product. It's like, what are you going to go do with that, Thule? Right. Like you have all these Jeep accessories and stuff like that. Like what does your weekend look like with those Jeep accessories? Yeah. So that kind of introduced me to it. And then when I went to left, I got very... Um, very deep into it they were you know big subscribers to like a start with why philosophy philosophy with simon
0: Sinek. simon Sinek, yeah that that book yeah. is phenomenal and Huge. i can see the the crossover it makes sense
1: majorly right yeah. because again you know your your store like other stores perform a function like save on food you know potentially but they they're not they do so much more there and you know there are farmers you know you know robin shar have like a whole history on that land and mm-hmm. how they raise their meat and everything so really being exposed to like, you know, that story brand philosophy, which is Donald Miller. So those two guys, Donald Miller and Simon Sinek really formed, you know, the basis for how I just think about marketing and, and you need to, to have a story behind it for people to feel loyalty towards you. Hmm. And, and you create that loyalty by conveying who you are as a person, whether you're a business or you're, you're a realtor, Right. So, because people want the thing with Instagram is people, or you know, Facebook and social media, people want to feel like they know somebody and that there's an inherent trust with the person that they're going to work with, mm. with the biggest transaction of their life, right? So, yeah. Go no, go Sorry.
0: ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, no, I can. No, it's good. Go ahead. I could go on for. <laughs>
0: well, I'm so start with why. Like that. Yeah. That was when that book came out. That yeah. book changed. Well, it changed my career and Mm -hmm. it was the, it was a, um, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. It was, it was, it came at the right time. I want to say it was published probably around 2012 or 13, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's around the time that I went through a monumental shift in the way I was, uh, you know, just viewing my real estate career and the way I was treating my clients and treating myself. And so that it was a huge, like, I, I probably have that book memorized front to back, but, um, I want to say, Another book that's had mm-hmm. as equal a shift on me that I've read more recently, and it's actually really impacted the way I've viewed things um, from a brokerage perspective, also mm-hmm. from a sales perspective, is uh, a book called Think, Do, Say. And,
2: okay. yeah, and it's
0: written by a Canadian by the name of Ron Tite. I okay. encountered Ron in 2019. I went to the REMAX conference in Banff and he was there speaking directly to the broker owners for the first part of the conference, just the broker only, uh, part. Oh, okay. And I want to say that that book is almost kind of like a more in-depth part two to start mm. with why. Okay. Um, yeah. So okay. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's had a big impact. It, it's, it follows. I feel like it actually gets even Ron himself. Ron tight is a marketing guy. Like Simon, Simon Sinek is not a marketing guy. Simon Sinek is a philosopher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ron Tite's story is like, he has run marketing campaigns for fortune 500 companies. And so he gets marketing from a, like what I would say is a crazy in-depth level. Level. And, uh, and so he takes the start with why philosophy, I think like I would know, I have no doubt that that probably had an influence on his life. And then he, yeah just takes the conversation to a far more in-depth level and does a bunch of case studies in the book as well like oh, talks about that. all kinds of brands that you're familiar with Nike, Red mm-hmm. Bull, uh there's a, what's that outdoor company um that everybody what's that outdoor local outdoor company that everyone got pissed off when they sold their shares.
1: Oh, Mountain Equipment Co-op. Mountain Equipment Co-op. Yeah, so yeah.
0: he goes into like these these um you know, he has chapters on these companies and he looks at their oh. their campaigns and what they screwed up on and what they did well. And yeah. And it all comes back to, you know, I don't want to try to give the whole diatribe on the book, but it comes back to this philosophy of think, do, say has significance, the order and what those things mean and how Hmm. that, you know, should formulate your philosophy within your business. So, okay. anyways, you would, you would love it and anyone listening, it's like literally one of my,
1: I would put it in my top three books all Hmm. time. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. I will definitely read that. Yeah, that's another thing I love to do all the time is read. So anytime I can find something that I can build on that I've read before that goes a little deeper, I'm, I'm totally into that for sure.
0: Yeah, and he's a Canadian, so it's yeah. cool. He's got Canadian yeah. stories and uh, pre-pandemic, actually, uh, it was right after I'd seen him in, in Speak, he came out to the West Coast. He was at the staying at my favorite hotel, the Fairmont Pacific Rim. Um, yeah. And uh, he was there cool and then nice. him and I had a little Twitter banter uh, Hmm. because he was commenting on, um, how incredible the service was, um, with this one guy at the, the, the Fairmont and he was kind of, anyways, we, we, we chatted back and forth. It was kind of fun. And it's just cool to, uh, have a guy that you admire so much. Who's also
1: living in your backyard. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty impressive for sure. Yeah. I've got into a lot lately with Adam Grant and Huberman labs and that's another thing that intrigues me about sales is kind of the whole philosophy and why people do what they do and yeah, different motivating factors. So yeah, I love anything like that for sure. So do you think about
0: when you're, when you're in making, I think what I see of you is you're only on Instagram, right? Is Or are you on Facebook too? I don't do Facebook, so I don't really know if you're on Facebook. So or you on...
1: I was on Facebook. Like I remember the day Facebook came out and like I signed up searched my old boyfriend or something
0: right? <laughs> now this is what i really wanted to talk
1: about <laughs> like wanted to see what he was doing and then uh <laughs> like, okay amazing. i think that's what everybody probably did but that's honestly what i did right and then uh facebook to me is like it's so funny because now my daughter actually considers so so one thing with social media too is I tell people this and I went to a retreat with all women who have younger children. Uh-huh. So my daughter, Sydney is very much my, um, barometer for, yeah, she is very much like, Oh my God, mom, like don't post that or oh, like, I you see know, yeah, 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 yeah. so Sydney is actually like probably grown up like in kind of a marketing minded household. And so she is like, kind of, if I'm not sure about something I check with her and she knows, cause those kids are up to the minute on stuff. Right. That's amazing. um, So, if you
0: ever put anything out that's questionable, I'm just going to text her. Oh, yeah. Like, Sydney, how could you
1: approve this? (laughs) No, she would not. Yeah, she is my, she's pretty hard on me. But um, yeah, so I would say I, I, so Facebook for me, and then it's a good communication tool of family. And then Mm. I had, you know, so social media is also, I was thinking about this morning. So, one side of it is I'm very comfortable with it because I think for business owners, it's an amazing free ways to tell people who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. And the other side of social media for me that I became so comfortable with it was because, um, when Sid was five, she was sick. So she had, um, and I don't bring this up for any other reason than not for sympathy, but to, to say that it's why I'm comfortable, but she had leukemia when she was five. So we were in children's hospital and every day, this is before texting, you know, it was 11 years ago and every day I'd get, like, 80 calls from family members, mm. and I felt like talking to, like, nobody. You can't, deal, yeah, you can't deal with it, yeah. No, I just didn't want to talk to anyone. So then Facebook, to me, was, is great for families to connect. That's, to me, mm. what it should be for. I don't believe, I don't believe, I think about it a, lot, it a lot this morning, I don't believe Facebook or Instagram should be politicized the way that it has been lately. That's the only time that I've been uncomfortable with social mm. media. You know, you know, if you drove by Let Farm Market on Highway 11, and they had a banner outside that would very politically focused you know it you're going to alienate some of your um your client base potentially right so Mm. that's it's one thing i urge people to think about social media that way like it is your storefront right so Mm. so yeah so mostly instagram and uh, a bit of facebook mostly for family anyways to answer your question and because i have a um marketing account on facebook that i use for clients too so
0: so how do you i'm looking at your uh this might sound creepy, but I'm I'm looking at your I'm Instagram, I'm looking at your Instagram profile right now. I mean, I'm, I, I follow you on Instagram, obviously, and we've yeah, chit chatted. We yeah. So do you, I'm curious about your content curation. Like, like, you know, I think, I don't know, like I, I so I don't, I've never done what you've done on, on social media and, and I've got, I'm surrounded by people who, you know, yourself included, who people would say are you know, they've conquered social media or they do really well. Oh, at I it. don't think so. Yeah. Well, well you you basically. have 15,000 followers. So I guess what yeah. I'm wondering is like, you're doing something and I know, like, I don't know, you don't have to tell me how you got all those followers. but no, I, 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 I'm
1: very transparent. I,
0: yeah, I know that, you know, sometimes people get followers because their yeah. content's that good. And sometimes people buy followers and whatever. But the bottom line is, is you don't keep that amount of followers unless you're putting out content that people enjoy. So right. on your content, are you planning your content? Is this no. stuff just like magically pop into your head
1: and you're just living it? Or how does that work for you? No, it's very like I spend, I spend a lot. So well, let's go back to the followers. because People will, so that 15,000 followers. So I had, I've done social media for so long. So, and then I would say probably two, three years ago, I used a company that was um, not an inexpensive company. So I'm very yeah. transparent about this with everybody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so they grew my following. They didn't grow it with access to my account. It, like I said, it was an investment piece for me because sure. I'd worked with other companies that I'd done it for like my whole life I've marketed for other companies. Mm-hmm. And then I was coming into a time in my career that I was just going to be marketing myself. So I kind of followed a lot of those proven success points that I'd done for other companies too. Right. Sure. So we did a bit of a, a page thing there, which is, you know, I'm transparent about, and a lot of people do, and um then I dropped that probably probably two years ago, and I just you know thought I'll just let the followers kind of fall where they may. If they drop off, they drop off if nobody's interested, if they're interested, then yeah. they'll stay yeah. if my content's good enough, and they stayed so That's amazing. yeah, so it's good, and it goes up and down, and I don't social media can very quickly get in your head as far as like number of followers. Like it's always are, is every single follower of mine, like a quality, you know, going to be somebody that's local and everything. Like, absolutely not. Right. There's well, a lot sure. of vanity metrics in Instagram, right? But you've
0: got more quality followers than I have. <laughs> so well, you got, no, so you're can. so you doing something.
1: <laughs> well, it's I get, but I spend a ton of time on it. Right. Like I, I so I don't plan out any of my content. I share in my stories what, strikes with me some of it's probably super nerdy some of it people are probably like oh my gosh you don't care how much she loves country music or eric church <laughs> yeah and,
0: that's right I don't, enough <laughs> with eric
1: church already be quiet i love him though if he's <laughs> listening please send this to him no i'm kidding yeah we're <laughs> but, saying uh, eric here's your moment eric <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and I post, I'm careful, like with, I always ask my kids permission with what I post of them, they're teenagers in the community and they like, they, I probably give my kids like the ick, I embarrass them sometimes. So I'm careful with that. But I just kind of post what appeals to me. I listen to like, um, I listen to a ton of armchair experts, which, which everybody oh,
0: knows. Oh yeah, you on. like, yeah, you like Dak. I and, love
1: Dak. Dak and Monica. I love those guys. And so I, but I, the first podcast he ever did was with his wife, Kristen Bell. And they talked a lot about, you know, the vanity metrics of Instagram. And they talked just about kind of the whole philosophy. And she would basically like her philosophy is what I've adopted. It's like, you can follow me if you want to. If at any time you don't like my stuff, just unfollow me. It's Mm. so simple. And so, so in that way, I can stay out of my head about, you know, is what I'm going to post someone going to like it or not like it. It's like, this is my own little personal space Hmm. that everybody can see if they want to. And then if they don't like it, then there's. It's totally fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings.
0: Yeah. And so when you get up in the morning, you know, you have, yeah. you rush for your coffee at, you yeah. know, you roll out of bed, was we discussed, you low, rush for roll. coffee. <laughs> when yeah. are, okay. So here's, this is a tough question and I'm, I'm probably, you know, I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to answer this for myself, but I'm willing to ask it of you. <laughs> when are you, when's the yeah, first thanks. time you're touching your phone and yeah. when's the first time, like, are you on Instagram before the coffee hits your lips? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I'm on Instagram before I get out of bed because I, yeah. Oh my. It's like the last thing I do before I go to bed. yeah And it's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning and I'm on it throughout the day. I love watching people's stories. I love content. I love the, it's like my entertainment and my like mental break from everything. Right. And I get like great ideas. And sometimes like I find, um, like a, a friend of mine who's a realtor posted a, condo in Langley back in December. And so I was the first one in on that and like, it's, it's good to be on it. I have noticed,
0: I have noticed actually, I'm going to say it. I don't want to say if it's pandemic related, but it might actually be pandemic related, probably the, the amount of business that's getting done through Instagram, Mm -hmm. like two years ago, I would have said nothing happens through Instagram. Instagram is a vanity channel and you don't, and and it's not actually necessary. And now, watching what people have done with Instagram, uh, like, there's a lot of deals that go down as a result yeah. of Instagram.
1: Yeah. And I've done a number of transactions from people yeah. that I never knew before through Instagram. Yeah, just
0: so coming soon crap, and people post a picture, this one's coming next week, or whatever. And if you're, in, if you're tuned in and you're watching it,
2: mm-hmm. you can
0: get the drop on stuff that is long before MLS. Now, of course, we're in a world where… <laughs> You know, now you got to wait for offers till Wednesday, but, uh, but, but there's been lots of deals that have been done, uh, because of Instagram.
1: Yeah. And people that I didn't even like, I have clients there and good friends of mine now, like that I had no idea that were even like really watching me or knew who I was and then contacted me for an interview that happened. Like it happened, I think twice last year or maybe a few times. And it's happening this year a lot more. Like you're doing,
0: you're doing podcasts with other people around the world or what?
1: No, like, like real estate. Oh, like, like people are
0: just calling you up saying like, Hey, I need to sell my house.
1: Yeah. Or I'm getting an interview because they've got to know me through social media. Right. So, so it's been, yeah, it's been super impactful and I'm also on it because I have family in New Zealand. My brother lives there. I've made like some amazing connections. Like some of my best friends are like one of my best friends in Australia. And it, that's just through social media, right? And mm. actually, coming here in October, and so yeah, it's kind of multifaceted for me. But yeah, I love it. Mm. Sometimes I, some, occasionally I don't love it, but most of the time it's, it's entertaining.
0: So okay, let's switch gears slightly. I want to talk a yeah. little bit about some current market situations or challenges. Yeah. uh, Everybody knows whatever the market we're in. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need me to, to use this no. word crazy
0: fifteen times. Yeah. yeah, but but I want to like. I think something, this is my opinion. So my opinion is that the gift of communication, like being able to communicate eloquently and intelligently is oftentimes what separates people from failure and success in this environment. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent a fair amount of time with you. I see your, I think like you, you've obviously got this um, incredible impact online, but then you also, what I've observed is that you have this ability to build trust with people. And so I'm wondering, um, how is it that you're communicating? Like, I'll I'll just give you a specific example. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you're in, uh, here's one that that's popped out. I, I, my perception is that you rarely miss out when you're representing a buyer in a multiple offer scenario. Like my, and and I know you probably lose sometimes, but I would suggest that your winning average is way above the norm. and so. I'm curious what your, how you're communicating in that situation with your clients to bring them to a a place where they're comfortable paying what it takes to pay to get something in this environment. Cause that's a big challenge for a lot of people. And, and I'm, I'm certain that you're probably doing something or saying something in a particular way that that's different than what others are doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm very, um, first of all, like when I communicate with my clients, I really like to put them at ease. I feel like, you know, there's no pressure, right? That's the biggest thing. Like I'm in it to win it for them. I'm not in it to win it for me. And I know that sounds like a cheesy salesperson thing to say, but I believe that any of my clients that work with me would say that. And so,
0: so then hold on, let me, I just want to pick that apart. Let me just, let me just ask. So you're with a client and you know, they're aware of the context and whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. are you, is the, is your messaging? that, um, like we could be doing this for 24 months or how are they feeling or perceiving that your comfort in it? Yeah. That, that you're not trying to, cause the irony is you're saying, well, I'm not trying to pressure them, but then ironically enough with all of your people are doing what it takes to get a deal done. So then what's happening yeah. there for them to
1: take that step and and do that. Yeah. I think like, uh, like, I'm very real with my clients. So first of all, like, I'm not, I'm very like, I'm kind of dorky. So like, there's like, I'm just myself with them. Right. And so I speak to them, like I would want somebody to speak with me. Mm -hmm. And that is that, you know, I want somebody that is on my side, but I want somebody who gets it done.
2: Mm.
1: Right. Like I'm not here to, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's it's hard to kind of describe. It's like a, a bit of a nuanced relationship. Right. Because, they need to trust you so much. And there's a lot of education. Like when I, when I go into a house with somebody, I'm not never selling them on the house. Like I'm just helping them and educating them and arming them with information. Mm-hmm. But I'm very direct with them. I'm real with them. Like I, I often have said, like, I'm a bit hard on my buyers in mm. terms of like, I'm, I don't know if people would think that of me because I, you know, I can come across as like, I think like, Okay maybe a little more bubbly or whatever but when i I see
0: the psychopathic tendencies
1: i know that. yeah you do okay yeah (laughs) a A, here's the thing i don't like to lose like i lost on monday night and or tuesday i believe Mm -hmm. and then i won on wednesday but on tuesday even though like i didn't expect i was kind of gonna win that one my i can feel my whole body language change like and shift Mm. like i'm just like i don't like to lose so just inherently i like to win like for my people right i don't like to lose. So I have like I'm extremely competitive hmm. is what it comes down to, right? So um yeah, so they're so I'm very direct with them. Like I can, this is the thing with this market, right? I can either like be gentle with somebody, not that I'm unkind, and I can, you know, offer on five places and we can lose five times and I can, you know, be gentle and kind of do things, you know, the way that it can feel necessary to do for a first time home buyer, because it can be scary, right? Mm-hmm. but at the end of the day they don't have a house and prices are going up every week right yep totally so it's, it's like do you want to win or do you, do you want a friend or do you want <laughs> yeah, to win
0: yeah totally and and in this i mean this obviously is very specific for this context yeah. that we've been in um yeah but it's very relevant because i yeah I, I agree with you i mean you if you want to be somebody's friend and never offend them or not push them then they might like you yeah. but they also might be homeless and
1: yeah like i, I yeah, and I have a local um broker who will shift people to me from another from other realtors that haven't been able to get it done and I get it done. Mm. And that's what I uh, that's I'm I haven't always been confident in myself, but as this market ticks on and you know as you know we probably will see some changes, I am confident that I have the knowledge and the education to get it done and you just got to go for it because None of us have a crystal ball in this market, right? Mm-hmm. So, when did,
0: when did you start? When did your? How long have you been licensed?
1: I've been licensed. I was three years. It was three years this past January, so I'm in my fourth year right now.
0: So, do you um do you ever think about what it like in an environment that's completely opposite? Like, I mean, this yeah. doesn't. Don't take this in a condescend anyway, way. But any, oh anybody who's been licensed basically from 2015 forward just yeah has never seen any kind of different market, yeah. right? so yeah do you think do you think about that like what it would be like (laughs) to have a listing that isn't sold for eight months and you've reduced the price three times or what
1: so so um like my very close friends would know that's probably all i think about (laughs) my my personality you're like debbie downer (laughs) that's all you talk about (laughs) well i'm very i'm not i don't talk about it but i run that um I run that scenario through my brain. Like, I believe this is like a lot of falseness as far as like, you know, agent earnings and things like that. Right. We're in a peak market. We're in like a seller's market. Like I, you know, when I started, it wasn't, it wasn't like this. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. But
1: I know it's not again, as hard as it could be. So I think that I think about it. And I, I watched a friend of mine speak at a conference last week too. And she said the same thing. Like, you have to like do your work your absolute hardest and you need to win in these really peak markets to make a name for yourself so that when things do shift, you, you have a client base still, and you can, Hmm. can still have a career. Right. But yeah, you, I think you have to like do a lot of things. you got to budget accordingly and you've got to like mentally prepare yourself. Right. That it's not always going to be this. Yeah. It's high. It
0: is. uh, We've, we've been in this, Market now for or a version of this market. I mean, obviously there was this yeah. pandemic surge that we had, but even bef- you know before that, 2015 to 2018 was a ridiculous run, and then 19, you know, slowed a bit, but yeah. um, nothing. You know, any anybody, you know, the most recent memory we have of re- of a really challenging market is 2008,
1: nine, ten, right, and which um, I have an experience. And you
0: did, yeah yeah, and and I did, and you know, but here's the thing, like you know, I walked through it, and it was right in the meat of my career, like i was yeah. I, I started in two thousand and three, so I wasn't a rookie by the time we got to that, like I had some experience under my belt, and um you know i I weathered it, and it was for me, um like th- there was one year in particular that I would say was like was tough, like you know i I was you know I, I wasn't always confident that things were going to go well. Um, and I think for me that year came a little later, I want to say that was like 2011 or something. But, um, Mm -hmm. the point is, is like, you know, that's a long time ago now that is, yeah, you know, that's that's 10, 11 years. And so even for someone who's been through it, it becomes harder to conceptualize that the farther away you are. Right. And, and so I think for everybody, for all of us, you know, should we go into a, um, somewhat of a correction or a depressed market or anything like that, it's going to be an incredibly rude awakening Mm -hmm. and adjustment. Um, that, I mean, that's just life, but, but I think, you know, it will be hard for you. Sure. But it'll be hard for all of us because it's been so long and the ride that we've had in the last 10 years has been so strong that, you know, we develop habits and tendencies based on our environment. Right. So like people have, you know, for the last 10 years in real estate, we've been doing business a certain way based on the environment. And all I can say is that the, the things that were important in 2008, 9 and 10, uh, like I don't even do those things and I haven't done those things. Yeah. You know, when you carry a listing for six months or eight months or nine months, like part of your, you know, your, your business plan or, or your package with people is just meeting with them. Uh, on a regular basis, you know, to literally go yeah. to your house, sitting down, having coffee and, and discussing what's happening in the market and consoling them and comforting them. Like, I mean, that has just become a totally irrelevant part of the business, right? Cause listings are gone, you know, within weeks.
1: A so week. yeah,
0: things like that, you know, where, um, they were normal 10 years ago, they're not normal now. So, you know, whatever I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but it's, it's no, a no, completely no. different world.
1: I, I think that when I look at that often, I I feel like for me right now in this stage of my business, this market is preventing me from being able, like, I'm not going to say that I'm ungrateful for this market and, and what a gift it's been for sure, you know, income wise and meeting new clients and everything. I mean, that's no secret, right? But I do feel like it has, as a newer agent, you know, like I've missed out on some of the, what fascinates me about my friends in the industry is their ability to nurture and touch on their clients. And in tough markets, that's what's really, you know, made a name for them, themselves when it goes, when things drop, right?
0: Totally there. I'll say
1: it to you this way, you will,
0: you will see. So if we look at like the top achievers in the last two years, um, I remember this and who knows, it might not ever be the same, but I remember looking at the, the top achievers in the Dow markets and comparing them to the top achievers in the booming markets, and they're not the same people. Yeah, Like there, are, there is some overlap obviously, wow. but there's yeah. actually people who are just better in a down market than in a market like this and vice versa. There's people right now who are selling, like, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a jerk or whatever, but who are selling, you, you know, know, 50, 60 homes a year. And yeah. if you got them into a 2009 type market, their, their yeah. business would, would drop like crazy amounts. And it's just because they might be good at one thing, but they're not good at another thing. And, and different environments require different skill sets.
1: Yeah. And that's where like, I'm very cognizant and hopeful and not just hopeful, but I know that there is there is going to come a time, like my marketing background has helped me for sure in real estate now. And my competitiveness has helped me in this market for sure. But I, I will, there's going to come a day where I really, really need to lean so much heavily back on that whole nurture sequence and just how things are done. Not that I take it for granted, but everything is just so fast in this market that you, you can't, if you slow down and, and do all those things, even though you need to be right. So it's such a chicken and egg that this market kind of gets in your head because I'll be thinking, okay, even though I'm, I'm doing well and it's great, I'm not doing enough of the nurture side of things. And that really gets to me as somebody who knows how important that is in the whole marketing world. Right? So. Do you mean like nurture, like database type stuff? Yeah. Yeah, because like you haven't
0: done anything like that, right?
1: I, to be honest, I don't mean to like say no, it quite like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you've done nothing. <laughs> no, I, 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 to be honest with you, like I, I haven't spent what I would consider that—that that is the part of my business that scares me for sure. Like if I'm really vulnerable about it, that sure. is, I have yeah. not spent. I feel like enough. I'm hard, I'm really, really, really hard on myself about
0: that. Well, I think that's a that's an honest answer, and I think that's probably an honest yeah. answer for a lot of people in the yeah. last few years, you know, it's just been yeah. react, 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 and it's been harvest season and, um, it's, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, who knows what we're in right now? Inventory is rising. The market seems to be changing a little bit
1: and to change. Yeah.
0: And, uh, there will, you, you'll, you'll know, you'll know that things have changed. If you hear people talking about, um, you know, dealing with their database better, you'll know that they're looking for business rather than it just yeah. pouring through the door for them.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I'm kind of trying to, you know, even reserve one day a week to to work on, right? And and just constantly building that and having that in mind because I do love my career. It's, it's the career I love the most of anything I've done, mm. and I it's the career I've been best at. And so I don't want it, you know, I don't want a down market to take that from me. So it's something that definitely it's it's constantly top of mind. And my close friends would say like they know it's something that uh, that gets me for sure.
0: What was the, um, you mentioned you were at the uh, conference, I think it was last week or two weeks ago.
1: Yes, Framework.
0: Yeah. Was that the, was that the women in real estate conference? Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a a full day retreat. It was at the shipyards down in Vancouver and a couple of friends of mine were guest speakers. So I had seen it kind of advertised and wanted to go and I was like hearing them speak and, and it was nice to be surrounded by a whole group of women for sure at all different levels in their careers.
0: And was there a particular, like, was there a themed message from that or was it just a bunch of different workshops or or what was your takeaway from it?
1: It's always like with, you know, I find these things focused on wellness and meditation, which I'm super terrible at. I can't meditate to save my life, but, um, it was, you know, a lot of networking and just, they talked a ton about social media. They Mm -hmm. talked a ton about, um, you know, whether or not there should be, an agent should have a separate business and personal page.
0: What did they have to say about that? That's very interesting. What did they say?
1: Yeah. So I have like strong feelings about it, that a person should not. I, I and, agree. I'm curious yeah. what they said. So there was one expert that spoke that said you absolutely should. Interesting. Have, and then there was, um, another coach that I really connected with and she's great. I started following her on Instagram and, um, Hers was basically that her, her business, like she's a business coach, so she coached, so she sells her program. And her business really took off as soon as she started incorporating personal. And so did mine. And so we were talking like in a round table, you know, round kind of couch discussion. And I think there's a lot of conflicting feelings about, you know, what, what to do there, especially if they have younger kids, right? Because it's but,
0: based around privacy and getting away from work. Yeah. But
1: yeah, so it's not though. The, yeah, well, and, and <laughs> so here's
0: the thing: you you can't. I can speak for myself, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of people feel this way. It like I'm on social media. If I'm following you, yeah, I'm following Jen Schultz the human.
2: Yeah, Or
0: Sorry, Schultz. She, sorry, so Schultz. It's I'm, not, it's fine. I'm. I actually think of tequila. No, no, yeah. no, no. I. I have a shit that's so funny. I had my Instagram open and there's another person I know, the Schultz is the name. Oh. And I said Schultz cuz I was staring at it. That's amazing. That, that's um that's fine. Uh, so I'm following Jen Shots, the human. Yeah. Now Jen Shots yeah. might be a realtor but she also knits and kayaks and all of those things. Mm-hmm. If yeah. the, if if you go and make a business only page and now I'm just getting hit with only just oh listed and just solds or yeah. some video where you're walking in front of a house or whatever. Like Who I'm cares? turning that off and unfollowing you so quick. It's just yeah. not happening. And I, I think like, geez, I'm I'm not a friggin' social media scientist, but no. I think the data would show that that is what people are doing. They're not, Yeah. no one has any interest in these only real estate pages.
1: No, it's super boring. It's not, I mean, the other realtors that I've connected with and like, you know, sent referrals to and like done deals with and stuff like that. It's because I know them personally. Like that's, that's what's intrigued me. Right. And, you know, I know, you know, I follow my girlfriend, Allie, like she's got her husband on there and their baby and it, it humanizes what, what we do. Right. And it doesn't, I've never even, I've only started to think about it recently as I became a realtor and it became my business, but it, you just need to be who you are. And people will either, I mean, let's, there's like, I think 4,000 realtors in this, and the real estate council right now, real estate. 40, partners, I think right? it's 4,500
0: like, in the first Valley. Yeah
1: there's a lot of us to choose from. Right. Yeah. And so like, I just feel that is my thing. I'm just going to be who I am. As soon as I start worrying about what I'm posting or what I'm doing and, you know, hiding who I am, then I'm, you know, really in a, not in a good mental space. And so then I just feel like that's what I kind of said to these women in this, you know, roundtable discussion. It's like, you know, be who you are. That's, that's what people want to know and connect with. Right.
0: Yeah. And so that's not to say, so I think what we're, we're we're agreeing on is we're saying this is what people want to follow. And I think the data and the stats would support that, but that's not to say that that doesn't come at a cost. And so I think there's a, there's a people out there. And I would actually put myself in this camp Mm -hmm. where it's like, listen, you could put all the data in front of me and say, um, this is important and look at what it does for me. I got 15 deals last year, whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. the cost is, is like, you know, you're, you know, what you're showing your family, you have your children on there, you have your life on there, you're on your vacation and you've got a picture of what you're eating at a dinner, at a restaurant in Phoenix or whatever. And so for some people, (laughs) for some people, they, they cannot either envision themselves doing that or stomach doing it, or maybe they're not the right person. Like maybe that's just not their personality, right? Maybe they're just more private. Yeah. Or yeah. the other thing too is like we all go through different seasons of life, and I mean, mm-hmm. there's seasons of life that you might go through, and you go like, "Listen, I'm not in a place where I could have anyone see anything about my life right now." So like, I mm-hmm. and I, you know, I can imagine how difficult that would be if you're whatever a, a young mom in business and you're having babies, or you know, you're going through a difficult relationship situation, or sure. like whatever. Like, the yeah. thought of even being more open and out there is terrible. And mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a cost that comes, you know, the benefit is obvious, but there is a cost. And I think, um, for some yeah. people it's not the right thing because that cost is not worth it. And, yeah. um, but it, it does mean though, that in a world where we're clearly hungry for that, it maybe means that you're giving up some opportunity.
1: And I, I, so I have friends who we talk about this a lot in my friend group because it's always like joke. Like if you're going to hang out with Jen, you're probably going to be on my story or something like that, right? Or like I have, you know, it, it, that's no secret, right? And people tease me about it and everything, right? Yeah. So I would say for those people who aren't comfortable on it, that's okay. Just find a different way to reach that database, right? And mm-hmm, connect with mm-hmm. new people. And I will say that just because I'm comfortable on it and I love it and see its value, That there's not times in my life or seasons of my life, depending on what's going on, where it hasn't made me feel um, gross and kind of exposed. Sure. Right. Because now I've been willing to put myself out there and, you know, you kind of curate what you put out there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things are perceived weird, strangely or People want more from you than you're willing to put out there and stuff. Totally. And can,
0: totally. You, Somebody's just an asshole. You, <laughs> it
1: could. <in> some ways, <laughs> someone's just an asshole, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. or someone like wants to know too much, or someone's creepy, or something. Who knows, right? <laughs> I mean, there's there's it, it, Instagram is like the mall, right? Like anybody can get into the mall. Totally.
2: Like, totally. Yeah. It's
1: like you gotta have like some proper armor, and I have personal ways that I cope with that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like, but you have to be like. Strong, strong mentally. And I'm not always strong mentally. Sometimes it gets me really down, right? Mm-hmm. So, and people might hear that whole thing and be like, yeah, forget it. Like, I'm screwed. Like, I'm not going to spend that time on that. Then it's not worth it. For me, the cost benefit it's still been worth it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, it's tough to mentally stay strong. Like, I've I've been through stuff. And, and yeah, it's hard to stay strong and stay positive. Because people don't love following people who are, like, crying online all the time, right? They just mm-hmm. don't. Yep, yep. So yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting space for sure. Absolutely, it's quite a
0: thing to wrestle with. I I have uh, I, I do yeah. As we've watched social media impact every corner of our world, like you know, we're talking about from a business mm-hmm. perspective, but I mean, you just see like it literally impacts everything, and it's it's hard to I I don't yeah, it's hard to to chew through in a way like you know what is what are the benefits, what are the downsides, do the benefits outweigh the downsides, but it, it has been a fascinating thing to watch in the last couple of years. Anyway, for sure.
1: Yeah, you have to know that not everybody's going to like you, and even people who follow you and watch every story that you do could be making fun. They could be watching it to make fun of you. <laughs> like sure, totally. It's right, and you cannot control it. You cannot control how somebody responds to you. You can only control your own world, right? And I, I that's what I. Having kids who've never known a world without social media. Mm-hmm. And all the competitiveness of it, and you know just how empty I think it can feel sometimes. It can't be. It can be an important part of your life, but like, make no mistake. There's, you know, my close friends, and there's got to be a strong foundation in your life beyond that. It can only be for fun.
2: Hmm.
1: If it stops being fun, you need to shut it down gotta get off. because yeah. cause it'll it'll break you for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: People's perceptions of you can can weigh down definitely. So. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Well, I
0: don't I've, know. uh, I've, I've, I've <laughs> taken an hour of your time. Is there anything, uh, is there anything we did? This is your moment with the microphone. Yes. So did you want to scream anything the out asking? or say anything?
1: Okay. So this is a good question. Cause I couldn't, I thought, I've been thinking about this podcast a lot. So what is your why? When we talk about Simon Sinek and, and that book and how impactful mm. that was, yeah. what did you decide your why was? So the, it's changed a little bit
0: over time. Um, But the thing that I, the thing that makes me most excited in life is for me to be able to see how I can positively impact other people's lives. Mm -hmm. So that was a, that was a struggle for me in in the early part of my sales career because uh, the way I did the business it was very transactional i was not mm-hmm. relational and i did not maintain relationship with people very well at all and i would even say mm-hmm. i had relationships i lost because clients just felt used right like I did, oh, okay. I did the deal and it was over and they never heard from me again and it wasn't a wonderful experience so mm-hmm. reading start with why changed my life because mm-hmm. i re- resonated with me and yeah. then i and then i went through this like wrestle of like how can i make how can i make real estate more relational, without coming across as cheesy, you know, like I wanted it to be deeper, mm-hmm. but at the end of the and day fear. there still is not there still is a transaction, so like you know yeah. it's not like I'm you know whatever I'm not somebody's therapist not I'm not their fun. therapist so i'm yeah you know so yeah. what i yeah so so that turned into me um making a concerted effort to become extremely relational in my processes and in the way I deal with people and so And then, you know, that was in real estate sales, but then as time progressed and, you know, my career changed and I got older and, you know, started to develop a bit of a, whatever, my own Mm
2: -hmm. name
0: or brand or whatever you want to Mm -hmm. call it. um, I've shifted now into, I just, the only thing, like the only thing I care about is I just love encountering people and seeing my impact on their life. So sometimes that's obviously in a sales transaction sometimes now in the place I'm in now it is um, it's real estate agents, right? At little. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mentoring. It can be staff. You know, I have their staff in our company here who I just love deeply and I Mm -hmm. love to know that we're providing them a place to work that they enjoy coming to every day. Um, And then it also goes into like my friendships. Like I have, yeah, people in my life who I'm close with and we get together on a regular basis. And, you know, we're constantly sharing ideas and philosophies and just battling through life together. And so, um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm like, I'd have to reread oh, the book good. again to, to know yeah. if I've nailed it down properly. But I, yeah. all I know no. is that when I get up in the day, the only things that give me excitement are when I know I'm able to go and do something in somebody's life where, where after I'm, I'm done with them. There's a, there's a measurable difference. I like that. That just gets me absolutely excited. And so sometimes that is a a sales transaction, but that can come in a multitude of other, of other ways as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a great answer.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I hope I he answered that the, the right seat. way. Well, no, I gotta, that's good. That's I got to rewrite. I got to reread the book to know if I'm even answering
1: the question. No, properly. that's no, that's really good. That's really good. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's a great one to live by for sure. So
0: awesome. you're gonna read Think Do Say. I am
1: gonna read that. And I am and we, should,
0: we should do a follow up uh, podcast sometime down the road and, d- yes. and and tear apart Think Do Say because. I, yeah, I would love that. I do think, like I said, it was kind of like a part two, uh, start with why, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And I think, um, it'd be good for a lot of people to read. So I will
1: order it right away. That's
0: awesome. There you go. We'll do a follow up.
1: Cool. Thank thank you you so much for having me on. Yeah. Thank
0: you so much. That's awesome. My pleasure. We'll, uh, we'll see you again real soon.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Have a great day. Thanks so much.
0: Bye-bye.